There's only one place you can get a true Colorado mountain pie. And guess what? It's your favorite locally owned, legendary, unbelievably. Is, is it Bojo's? The, yeah. Uh, no. Wow. We had no clue. My favorite part about Bojo's at the moment is the fact that they're giving the DNVR fam a free honey <clears throat> cheese bread with a purchase of any entree. Their regular honey crust is amazing. I can't even imagine how great the honey cheese bread is going to be. Have any of you guys tried it yet? The big honey cheese bread? Yes. Oh, yes. The Not, big honey. Yeah. I actually haven't. I branded it, I but just, I haven't oh tried it God. yet. So nope. head to your nearest location, grab an entree and your free honey cheese bread when you mention DNVR, and please let us know how it is because none of us have tried it yet uh, also side note bojo's legit has something for everyone gluten-free vegan all of it i had a cheeseless pizza there and it was fantastic everyone else has had regular pizzas there and have loved it also fantastic very good you check out their site today at bojo's.com <laughs> that's <Yeah>. bojo's.com <laughs> and tell them who sent you you had some bread with sauce on it <laughs> Just kidding. It's delicious. No, I, it's I, that I good. Make, you know, I it make my so own much. pizza. And it, yeah, I've accepted it. <laughs> to listen to her describe this cheeseless pizza. I've accepted it, and it tastes good to me now. So like there's a don't make me it. feel bad about my needing yeah. cheeseless. Come on, guys. You should feel bad about making her. <laughs> Nobody out. Three and two on Charlotte. Jokic gets it across the timeline. Gets a high pick and pop with Murray. Lindsay breaking through. Taken away by Nathan McKinnon. Two on two with Landeskog. He has done it again. Vaughn Miller, ladies and gentlemen. Dom two hands. Nikola Jokic. Save me by Grubauer with the left pad. Oh, goodness gracious me. Take a good look. You won't see it from Two-run home run. Trevor Story. Touchdown to Emmanuel Sanders. Got it all. Welcome into the Denver Sports Podcast presented by Breckenridge Brewery. Oh yeah. Ah. We've got we've got three people here uh, drinking Breck's new beer, which is called Mile High City, and it is a copper lager, and it's pretty damn good. What do you guys think of it? Strong agree. Great damn beer. Damn good beers. Damn good beers. It's it's drinkable too, so it's like a really good pairing with a Nuggets game. Feels it, really important for something for a beer to be drinkable. No, no, no. But some you know of them aren't the way you would some think. Are, yeah, drinkable is like in the sense you can have quite a few. You, you know, vanilla porter, junior, delicious. Is but delicious, but it. You know, maybe you have one. I f Eric said he had four of these. Yeah, that's more of an Eric thing, but <laughs> I stand by the point. That it's, a, it's a drinkable beer. I said, I said today on our podcast, like it's it's a seven to twelve. It's a seven to twelve beer. Oh, oh, yeah. Wow, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Every, right. All right, everyone's agreeing with Absolutely. that. Absolutely. I think I know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> Meaning you can drink seven to twelve of them. Oh, okay. I was thinking time in the day. I'm wrong. <laughs> what oh. time frame? Yes. You can drink 7 you to 12 of them seven from to 7 to 12. Well, I think I it works in both ways. Yeah. Anymore. Yeah. Anyways, these beers will be available at our Breck Brew <laughs> Nuggets watch party tomorrow. It's going to be at Stoney's Uptown. And we'll also be releasing a limited edition Nuggets shirt. And let me tell you guys, 
it's freaking dope. Fuego. It may be one of my favorite. I know I say that a lot, so I feel like people have taken that less seriously. It's but pretty we just good. Releasing <laughs> such dope shirts. Like, <laughs> if you like the nuggets, you are guaranteed to like the shirt. Hundred yep. percent. You don't even have to like the nuggets to like the shirt, but if you do, you will. Yep. Like it's just. Before we get into the nuggets, mm. Drew has to head out in a little bit because of an event. So popular. So yeah. <laughs> from from this to an event, back to the goatees. Yeah, that's right. You know, you're a true celebrity <laughs> that tonight. Is, no, you're that going is to incorrect. a bunch of different like parties before the big event. Right. Yeah. Oh, I know. Well, I mean, yeah. he is the MC of the goatees. That's true. true. That's true. Feeling very fancy this evening. So I'm not, but I'm feeling that way. We're gonna talk about Larry Walker. Finally mm. happened. Good. The Colorado Rockies have a player headed to Cooperstown. He was elected into the Hall of Fame last Tuesday. And we had a watch party at Blake Street Tavern. Drew, Brendan, AJ, you guys were all there. When it happened, describe the scene for us. What was that experience like? We'll start with you, Drew. I mean, like, look, that was it, it was truly surreal. It was a it was a special moment in my life, and I'm not even joking. It was insane to be in a room full of Rockies fans and watch that happen because I really don't think we believed it was going to and so it wasn't just a celebration that washed over people it was also a realization that we were all coming to together we were all like looking at each other to be like did this really happen like it's almost as if if we hadn't all been in that room together we might not have right. believed it when he said Two players. Oh, right. uh, everyone just looked, everyone just looked at each other and hands halfway in the air. Yeah, but we 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 waited on it. We weren't sure until they said the name. Yeah, I was I was pretty convinced, being that uh, Rocky's fandom has taught me to believe in the worst in life, <laughs> uh, especially correct, that day. You know? That yeah, in that twenty four hours. Yeah, cycle, that twenty four hours uh, was a rough one. I was I was fully expecting it to be Kurt Schilling and it to be all about the Red Sox and Yankees and Larry Walker to get screwed. And so when they said two names, I was like hopeful, but I was also like, this is going to be even more painful now. And then, of course, it went the right way. It is so crazy. Like the uh, maybe it's just part of being a Rockies fan, but I was so convinced. Like I could, our, like as he started talking, I could just hear it in my head. He's going to say, "We have one guy," you know. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. it was so shocking when he said two. I was like, "Wait, did he?" Oh my god. And then, right. and then you're right. You have another yeah. second of pause where you're like, "All right, well, it's, it's gonna be." But not our, not our two. Yeah, right. yeah. 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 <laughs> it, it was incredible. You said it, five to a player. I'm like, you could make an argument for a lot of guys. Yeah, <laughs> Schilling. I, 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 mean, I was doing that too. There really wasn't. But there you're wasn't. still like, who else could you? I, my mind literally, in the five seconds that were left, was trying to race to figure out who else could be called a five to a player was in until he said the name, Larry Walker, and that room exploded the videos from that was incredible it looked like it was packed so many people were just so happy i mean it was like a a huge goal when like in the playoffs or something like that like right. everyone it was very akin erupted. to mckinnon's overtime goal against calvary oh, yeah. all of us like we had that watch party and all of a sudden it was like oh we're gonna win this series the, the and it's like a <laughs> sigh of re it was like a sigh of relief and also excitement yeah i was gonna say that's the difference is that i would say 90 percent of folks in that room just had made the decision they would be there that night, but they were expecting to see disappointing news. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it was that mixture of like elation, but also um, pleasant surprise and confusion. Even if that makes right. sense. Yeah, a lot of uh, I think a the, lot of shock. Yeah, I think the number one 
thing that I heard, uh, you know, our guy Manny Rondawa was there. I, I gave him the biggest bear hug I've ever given anyone in my life in that moment. Uh, former GM in the league, uh, Dan Evans, was there, and they both just grabbed me and looked in my eyes and said, I can't, I can't believe it. And I, I must have had 20 people that night, uh, subscribers, everybody that came out, people I've interacted with for years and years, and we've gotten through the best of times <laughs> and the worst of times with the Colorado Rockies. And it, it was a night none of us will ever forget. And that was the number one thing was just like, thank you for doing this. I'll never forget this. And I, I can't, I can't believe it. And I can't either. I still can't believe it. I, I instantly tweeted, is Drew okay? Like, someone check on Drew. <laughs> and you're just unclear. coping, literally. <laughs> it's so awesome. I didn't know you awesome. had bounce like that. I didn't know <laughs> I could so do It's so awesome. I love that video. I've, I've watched never it so done many times. that before in my life. It's such happiness. It's a good thing I wasn't, like, in a normal room. I would have just, like, bashed my head into the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> I was just, I lost complete control of my body for a good five to ten seconds. I had no idea what to do. It, it, it was amazing. Uh, and, and so, yeah, it really was one of the most memorable and one of the best moments of my life. It really was. It it was that way, I feel like, for so many people, not just the, like these Rockies fans. I watched Larry Walker play a little bit, but being on the East Coast, I, I really didn't follow the Rockies that much. And as soon as I heard the news, I like got goosebumps. I was so happy for all of you who've like wanted this for so long and that was so big for the Rockies organization and not just wanted it actually fought the good fight for this yeah. to happen you know like Drew deserves credit for that because 100%. he's been out there on social media fighting that good fight all year uh, Manny of course uh, Ted Chalfin like so mm -hmm. many great uh, Rocky supporters and people involved with the Rockies have really been fighting for this it did take convincing and you know I spent and this is a mindset I'm still trying to get used to because I spent 10 years kind of railing against an unfairness and what I saw as a, this kind of injustice against this guy and how people just wouldn't listen. And I think the most frustrating thing about it for me during the process was how many people would still come out with their uninformed takes on Larry Walker. And we even saw it in this cycle. We saw a lot of them and they got us upset. But then when he got in, there was this kind of realization that those uninformed takes are the minority. This is actually a great time to celebrate that people did listen to the arguments that I was making and that Manny was making and random fans out there like Ted and Will and Mary and going and doing their thing. And, and everybody that, you know, Dan Evans was a former GM. It was everybody was out there making the case. And just barely enough people listened. But I, when you look at his case and see a guy who started at like 7% of the vote, and ended up with 75% of the vote. Like, I don't know. Maybe maybe there is a win for logic and reason and reasonable people having conversations with each other. And then I saw people tweeting like, yes, this means like Todd Helton has a chance. And like all these people, it was yeah. it was that big. I mean, it, Todd Helton, 30% after two years. Right. Yeah. Like... It's funny you don't how... him. It's <laughs> <laughs> he getting in the hall, baby. It's funny how much was hanging on that moment. Right. Like, I'll just let you inside my brain. I was ready to tweet, oh, my God, Larry Walker's a Hall of Famer. This is the greatest thing ever. Or I was ready to tweet, like, the entire Hall of Fame is a sham. Right. <laughs> Baseball is a joke. Right. Everyone involved with it should be put in jail. Right. So I had a, I had oh, a, wow, okay. I had a thousand-word article written, uh, and, and the first line of it was, 
your baseball doesn't count. Yep. And I didn't have the article written the other way. Mm. Yeah. I had to delete the article, but I flipped it. And the first line in the article I wrote was, your baseball counts. And I wasn't expecting, like, all the rest of it, of course, I had to delete and rethink and rework because I was ready to go on that tirade. Yeah. And be like, they just told you it doesn't matter. But even by even though it's by the slimmest of marks, by literally, like, six votes, you kind of turn around and say, actually, no. It does count. It does matter. Playing at Coors Field is not enough to wash away one of the greatest careers of all time. There's work to be done, but that's nice to Believe know. it or not, people actually believed <laughs> that playing at Coors Field is not as bad as taking steroids. At least just barely enough just of them barely believe enough that. that. <laughs> 25% of people still think that. Probably, Where would you but... like power rank these advantages? Steroids, trash cans, Coors? Uh, trash cans is number one, okay. easily. Uh, steroids is number two pretty easily. Okay, and Coors right. Field, I'm not essentially convinced at this point that Coors Field is an advantage. It's definitely an advantage for the numbers you put up offensively at home. Whether, for a team. Yeah, for a team, I actually think that Coors Field might be one of the bigger disadvantages in all of pro sports. So it's really not an advantage. And the fact that it's seen as one, I think this will be one of the first big steps in tearing down that whole mythology and people coming around to not thinking that what I just said was totally insane. We could probably go into that conversation forever. Right. But it, it like when you think of it the other way, as a disadvantage, it's really easy to make that case. First of all, we know that traveling from altitude to sea level and back and forth, it takes a toll on the body. Right. The other thing is like if you're used to seeing breaking balls break a certain way 81 games a year and then you go other places and they break differently like that is a disadvantage it's exactly right well and it's not like it's like 81 games in a row in one place and then 81 right. games away it's like oh you got three games here you got three games here you got two games here it's like little it's it's really difficult to to adjust to that when you wake up one day and the baseball breaks differently and you can actually track this to the rockies um playing poorly usually the first home game after a road trip because now they're yeah. readjusting to the way it is at Coors. Yeah. And there's all kinds. Of, yeah, it, it's very difficult. The fact that no matter the talent level, they've always been terrible on the road. No matter how good a lineup they've had or how bad a lineup, they've been basically the same amount of bad on the road. Um, uh, it's funny you mentioned that, AJ. I, I, I've joked a couple of times. Like, I'd really be interested to see if the Rockies, what it would look like if they played their first 81 games at home mm-hmm. and then the last 81 games out on the road. Straight I, up. I think it would minimize that. And I, I made this argument the other day. I know a lot, a lot of National League fans are very scared about the DH coming to the NL. It's going to be great. I think it could be one of the biggest normalizers to this Coors Field home and away problem, That uh, mostly because of the first thing you said, the, the going to and from altitude, the physical – toll that that takes on your body not being able to recover they're going to be able to strategically rest people and give people a little bit more time off that strategic rest matters more for the rockies than anyone else who have to go through that wear and tear i think that's a big part of it you don't have your legs you can't go from altitude to sea level fly overnight get up the next morning play a one o'clock game and have your legs you just can't do it so when does that get instituted 2021. The rumor right now is 2021. This can, isn't uh, confirmed, but in probably. In layman's terms, can you really like kind of sum up why that would be, why that would neutralize that effect in your eyes? Like, what about that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the biggest thing is is the physical nature of it, the the traveling to and from altitude. So, for example, if you've got a 10 game homestand, the last game is 
Uh, Sunday, this is very typical, Sunday day game after a night game. You might want to rest Nolan Arenado that day because you're going to get on the plane, you're going to go to the next city, you're either going to play Monday, maybe you've got a day off, you're going to play Tuesday. Instead of taking Nolan Arenado out of the game, have him DH. Let Ryan McMahon, who's 24, he's getting older now, Brendan Rodgers in a couple years, whatever, the kid, go play third base. But Nolan, we're going to need your four at-bats today. He still essentially gets a day off, but your lineup doesn't miss its most impactful player. And other teams will be able to do that as well. It's just going to help the Rockies more because the the toll of travel is that much worse. Sure, sure. Um. I just want to add one more point of the Larry Walker thing. The fact that he was wearing a SpongeBob shirt that then sold out. (laughs) And also he's going to be a hideous shirt, by the way. (laughs) The only objectively that makes me feel a little bit okay about it taking this long also is that he's going to be the three hundred and thirty (gasps) third member of the Hall of Fame. Of course he's a big number three guy. He wore thirty three. The whole thing. I don't know if you saw Patrick Lyons tweet out the video of the Canadian Parliament honoring Larry oh, yeah. Walker. Just just phenomenal. Before you have to head out, do you want to talk about a Jeff Breidich update? Nope. We last oh. left <laughs> we last left this podcast with thinking that moves would have been made by now with the issues with Did. Nolan Arenado, but everything's pretty much stayed the same except Nolan came out with a statement kind of saying that he didn't want to talk about it anymore. Ready to move on, focus yeah. on the field, that whole thing. That appears to be the strategy. What was Breidich's statement? <laughs> Breidich has not oh. released a... Yeah, uh, you just talk to the media. Weird, yeah. that's odd. Did you know that if you bury your head in the sand deep enough, you can't see anything? Oh, yeah. man. I yeah. tried that once when I was a kid. You also choke on the sand. <laughs> I feel like this explains. Uh, there's a metaphor in here somewhere. <laughs> so many things. <laughs> a lot happened when you lost all that oxygen. Right? <laughs> yeah. It does appear as though the strategy is to pretend as though last week never happened. <laughs> yeah, that's what it seems like. It. Um, I will say, I for fairness sake, from. Jeff Breidich was there. No, he didn't take questions. Oh, at the Rock at, at the At the Fan Fest the thing. That makes it worse yeah, yeah, um, going to say. But Nolan Arnauto was not there. He wasn't there last year either, though. He sent his no. body man, Josh Fuentes, to take <laughs> he the did. hits. Josh was great. <laughs> I just... Jeff Bright, like... <clears throat> You have to be cowardly. I'm sorry. There's just no other word for me to use <laughs> to, to refuse to speak about this. Like yeah. you are a front office member of an, an organization that is here mostly to serve the fans. Sure. Front office member. He's the GM. dude. Right. right. You are the, G- the you, right. The front office. You are the front office. <laughs> like you need to speak. Yeah. And I think it is. It's so cowardly. To just sit there and pretend like nothing has happened, and he ha- he already has a vendetta against the media, so I know he's sitting somewhere saying, I, well, I, "Why do I have to talk to them? What do I owe them?" And it's just like you, he has no grasp or understanding about how this works. It's not about the media. You don't need to. Drew's not the one who is you know who needs to be talked to here, although he does. Sure, it's the fans yeah. who yeah. are panicking and who see their favorite player, maybe of all time you know, having negative feelings towards the organization that they want to love. And it's just like, dude, you got to stand up there and just say something. Right. Yeah, but a guy that burned a, down a relationship with a dude as easygoing as Nolan Arenado is not going to have the emotional capacity to understand that. And that's the problem. 
Because like, he doesn't understand relationships on a personal level. He doesn't understand his relationship with the fan base. He doesn't understand the importance of him saying something to a fan base that wants to burn his house to the ground. Yeah, it, it, but that's the problem here is the relationship aspect. Like he doesn't, he, he can't do it. He doesn't have the emotional capacity for him. He thinks he's above all of it. Your job as a general manager is to build relationships yeah. with the players and work on them and develop them and then improve them. And it's just like it's this isn't a a video game. Smart GMs build relationships with the media too because we're all just little pawns who want to make you happy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, exactly. So I'm just I think it's it's absolutely ridiculous. And in fact. I, the Monforts have a, a hand in this too. They should be telling him, "You need to go speak." Sure. Well, and yeah, and maybe also a tone deaf group. Uh, Dick Monfort could probably stand to give a press conference himself. You know, there, there there's no one who's blameless here, quite frankly. But I guess the one thing I did because I agreed with you know all of that, and I had a couple of people say that to me day of, and as I walked away, my only thought on the other side of it, I suppose, if you want to put it that way, was what was there to be gained. Uh, what what was Jeff going to show up and say to us or to the fans that was going to make anything better? Or Nolan, for that matter, that maybe a day that's about playing stupid-ass games with the – you know what I mean? It's like stacking cups and playing Family You're Feud right, with Josh Fuentes. Maybe this isn't the day for it. <laughs> but then right. if it's not that day, then it's another day. Like, it's going to be media day. It, well, yeah. it gets worse. It You're gets, right it, that you right. can't wave it away with a press conference, right. but it gets worse, right? right. The longer you should have set, stood up the day before, before. Fan Fest, yeah. said, hey, you know, there's a lot going on in the organization. We love Nolan. He's really important to our future plans. We want to work on this relationship. And right, then it would have right. taken the uh, the elephant would have been out of the room exactly. for everyone to go have fun. The right. Next then we didn't have to ask Kyle Freeland. And I was like, we don't have to ask Kyle Freeland yeah, about can. it. But well, right. It's I mean, you it's going to. on. Someone, right? I, right. It's, you know. it's the thing. <laughs> right. The thing it, that's happening. Right. Yeah. It would be really weird to sit there. I mean, and be it was like, the same so. thing when Matt Duchesne didn't want yeah. to speak to the media during training camp. Right. We had to ask his teammates about it. Right. All right. Duchesne's here, but didn't want to talk to anybody. What, do you what, are you, what are your of, thoughts yeah. on this whole situation? Yeah. Yeah. You have to ask. And most of the guys it's who are so professionals. so naive to believe yeah. that you don't have to ask those questions. You have to ask those. And they had to know that going in. Yeah. And the fact that they either didn't know that or didn't care continues to speak to a tone-deaf organization that doesn't care about its fan base. All well, right, let's move on. Well, <laughs> Drew's got to head out. All right, out. I got to go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Timing of that is perfect. But Drew will be Can't back. Speak. For the Goaties, and he is the MC, so be sure to s- come back at 6.30 or stay watching until 6.30 because it's going to be fun. Um, you guys know how much we love supporting local businesses, and I'm super excited to tell you about Denver Rubber Company, and it may not be what you're thinking it is. Denver Rubber Company is the most reliable local partner for your long-term projects. And guess condoms. what? Unfortunately, at least unfortunately to me, Snow is once again coming i i'm over it but i don't know january's been nice we've been pretty lucky Lindsay gets so Lindsay gets mad she's like no the snow is good Allie. just get used to it i'm fine with rain i understand why she wants like bring bring us plenty of rain that's whatever (laughs) but the snow is just like it's a whole thing gotta shovel it Everybody forgets how to drive. Everything takes two hours longer. Like everything's dirty for a while. Right. Oh yeah, the like slush. It just, it just it's just such a 
process. The city yeah. refuses to plow or salt oh roads. God. Just refuses. Small little roads, like are the highway's fine, but then these small little roads, you're like, oh my god, I'm not gonna make it to the highway. Um, but anyways, snow is once again coming, and you'll need Denver Rubber Company when it comes to anything snow plows. So what kind of what we're talking about? DRC can cut to size and pre-slot most snow plow rubber. The blades can be cut to any length and slotted for mounting to meet your exact specifications. Remember, Denver, Denver Rubber Company Custom makes it all, and you can purchase products for yourself and, of course, buy bulk at a fantastic rate. They're a family-owned business with loyalty only to the people, just like us here at DNVR. Be sure to call them today at 1-800-259-0010 or visit them at drcfirst.com slash DNVR and tell them who sent you. We need a DNVR snowplow out there. Just Ooh. like branded, we hit those back roads and like the yeah, high, like in the highlands. We're really for the people. <laughs> we really are. <laughs> All right. Well, let's start talking about the Nuggets the, as I'm the who? Uh, as I'm finishing my beer, my Mile High City beer here. Um, hopefully, we get a better performance from them against the Jazz tomorrow because they played the Grizzlies last night. They lost 104.96 and they were slow, a bit disinterested. Yeah. Brendan, what did you think of the game overall? They looked like an injured team playing a game in January. Yeah, you know, a lot of there are a lot of these losses in the NBA. You know, the Nuggets have maybe one or two too many, but teams lose these games, especially when you're missing three starters. Yeah. Um, if you're looking for a real basketball takeaway, I think it's yet another game that shows, unless Torrey Craig is locking down the other team's best player, getting his three pointers, the the Craig effect on that half court offense with the starters, particularly on Jokic. It's just detrimental to the extent where, I, like, I just don't, what's the point of a defense-first approach if you're going to give up 30-plus points in the first quarter yeah. and Jokic looks like he doesn't want to be out there anymore? Um, so I think there's a role for Torrey Craig on this team in this league, but starting alongside Jokic, uh, we've seen it in Memphis one too many times over these last couple of years. He has to be a threat offensively. Otherwise, it's just too hard for them to do what they want to do in the half court. And you even see in a game like New Orleans where they go and get a tough road win with all these injuries. Well, that's one of the rare games where Torrey Craig's was shooting really shooting well. Shooting quite well. And he had Brandon Ingram to lock up. They didn't have – right, he, well, Jeremy Grant as well. But between Torrey Craig out there, like, there were guys for Craig to guard. You look at a Memphis team and, you know, it, it just doesn't – maybe Ja Morant, but I don't know. It just doesn't have that guy that, like, demands the Craig matchup. And without that, it just feels too risky. Yeah, and the defense was just really non-existent. They were outscored seventy-six to twenty-two in the paint. Yeah, that was outrageous. Um, That's crazy. Jokic, offensively, Jokic's line like it's sneaky good. He had a lot of turnovers. A lot of that was just that there was nowhere to go. Guys could not hit shots. He was getting double teamed, um, but that took him out of the game. And I do think he looked a little bit like he didn't. It didn't look like a game he thought he could will them to victory. And in the second half, he kind of let up, I thought. And Jonas Valachunas just worked him on the inside. Um, that was hard to watch. 50-point advantage in the paint for Memphis. I think it might have been 55. Meanwhile, Denver took more three-pointers than two-pointers for the first time in team history. Wow. Hit less than 40% of them. You guys can do the math. Didn't work out. Yeah, that's not going to work out often. It's just, should, like, wasn't this stretch here where you're missing all these guys the perfect chance to start to start MPJ alongside Jokic. I feel Jokic. like I've been saying this for like weeks now. You don't say, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, yes, Ugh. yes. Um, I think it's also worth pointing out, like, MPJ is up to regular minutes now in the rotation. He's a he's right. Malone has gotten him in there. And, 
you know, we can look at how well MPJ is playing and you can say like, oh, you should have been starting from day one. The alternative perspective is like he looks this good because of the way they handled it. So the slow like kind of introduction of him, we see more and more of him each game. But yes, Ryan, I think like if you're in Memphis and you're like, wow, how do we get points with these guys out? Right. Well, it's not Torrey Craig. <laughs> it's not Torrey Craig next to Jeremy Grant who played well. And you have a guy who wakes up with 10 points in the morning every day just on the bench. So I'm with you. I would have liked to see him start. Because we know that the final form of this team involves him starting. Has to. And that's where you need to get. And I understand the dynamics of a coach saying, like, we can't just hand something to a guy. This was the perfect opportunity to be like, well, our hands are tied here. we got to start MPJ. Then he plays extremely well with Jokic. Then even when the other guys come back, you say, like, we can't take this guy out of the starting lineup, and here you go. Absolutely. And granted, MPJ didn't play particularly well in his minutes last night, but that's not even the point. You want to let him play through this. As you just said, Ryan, the brightest timeline for Denver this year includes MPJ being where he needs to be in April. That process starts now. AJ, you're smiling I, over there. I think my favorite subplot of the Nuggets is Nikola Jokic doing everything he can to hide his disdain for Tory Craig. <laughs> <laughs> like when they're on the court at the same yeah. time. Yeah, it's rough. Like I have no idea how Jokic feels about Craig, like when he's like sitting on the bench or whatever. But like when they're on the court and Tory Craig like bricks a shot, you could just see it. Look, he, well, he like literally rolls his eyes. Sometimes. Yeah, you, you can, can just see it happen and the effect that it has on Jokic, and it's like. <laughs> For a guy who's prone to just shutting it down, like why would you continue to play with fire? Like keep the keep him happy. Like keep him like thinking basketball was a fun game. And, I, oh, this is neat. In the <laughs> first play of the Houston game, obviously it was a weird game for a lot of reasons. But yeah. I mean, uh, Jokic took the ball out of the basket threw it to Craig to dribble it up court and it hit Craig on the face <laughs> they just could not be on less of the same page and you can see possessions you can pause it and be like that's where Jokic would have passed it if it was anyone else yeah and that's where he saw who it was and thought you know what never mind and it is detrimental it, it is it reminds me of uh, on my third grade basketball team people who are watching on the live stream can see this there was a kid who shot like this just threw it over his head and never made anything and so I just never passed to him yeah no, I, makes I, sense. I'm not gonna let that happen not trying to lose um, <laughs> yeah but one time i was getting trapped and so i like pass it to him just to get out of the trap and he turned and faced and i yelled no that really is the Jokic crack down <laughs> right. it really is but uh yeah i, I, think, getting, I, I got benched for the rest of the game for things doing things might that. get better if Jokic would just start yelling no, no. <laughs> he, that's a real take though it's like you know he's getting better at this i think but also you want to be like hey yo communicate Explain yeah. yourself, yeah. right? Don't just necessarily shut down. Don't Th- be like, oh, Torrey Craig's not a basketball genius like I am. Like He just doesn't see the game the it same way. It just doesn't. Way. I and think that yeah. can also be just an imma- like an immaturity thing. He's definitely matured a lot since last season. Agreed. We've seen that. But he is still a young 20-year-old. Like, sure. There is still g- things that he needs to learn and realize that, like, oh, things aren't going to change ev- if I'm just pouting about it. Like, I need to make this known or I need to communicate so that things can change. But he's had 22 double-doubles in the last 28 games. And, yeah. by the, and, let's, not, and let's not let uh, Gary Harris off the hook here either because he's missing all sorts of open shots Dude, up Jokic passes just too. can't shoot. What happened? Have like, you guys seen Space Jam? Yeah, if you, yes. seen Char- you ain't Charles Barkley. You just want to be that looks like him. Gary Harris got <laughs> like, monstered, friends. Like, that guy. I, look, it's so frustrating because two years ago, like he and Jokic were like perfect. Great combo. Like, his his – they were on the same wavelength. He was cutting. He always Dunks. found open spaces. It was perfect. He was hitting open shots. Like 
it made perfect sense. He he was great value on his contract. He's a good defender. It just worked. It made so much sense. He was one of like just like a perfect chess piece for Denver. And now it's just like you're bad. And it's strange <laughs> because like he was coming back each year and having added something to his game. Now, I remember at one point last season, you're like, oh wow, it, that's a little, nice little pocket pass out of the pick and roll. Like Gary's playmaking now. This year, it looks like he's taken several steps backwards. You can point to the open miss, the missed open shots, which are rough, but it's also just he has no feel for the game offensively. There's a lack of decisiveness. There's a lot of dancing. Um, sometimes he will get the first step, turn the corner, and then he just resigns for the floater instead of finishing through contact. He, To me, he just looks like he's taking stabs in the dark on offense. I don't know what that's about. Maybe his role changed because everyone's healthy, but... To me, that's not enough of an explanation for for how big of a drop off. This is why being a GM is hard. Yeah, yeah. you're like, are you, you predict this? Yeah, but yeah. and then again, it's again the injuries. I feel like every year Gary Harris has missed multiple games because of these His injuries, and it just yep. doesn't let him get into a rhythm. Is there, yeah. Brandon? Is there a hope? Is there something that we can look to and say maybe this will get him back in the groove? You could look at two years, like how he shot the ball two seasons ago over those two seasons. And but you know, between last season and all of this season so far, it's like, how, what's the outlier? I'm not sure yeah. yet. You know, and I don't know if he's a good shooter. I don't feel like there's hope right now. I don't watch Gary and think, oh, he's close or he's getting closer. But I still think the timeline is. Because of this, you keep Malik Beasley as opposed to trading him. And then maybe you risk having to sign a poison pill contract or losing him in restricted free agency this summer. But it gives you that flexibility of getting through the playoffs with this core, taking a look at how things went. And if it didn't go so hot, you lose in the second round. Maybe you look at trading Gary now and you're so much more comfortable with Malik behind him. Also, when he got monstarred, unfortunately, uh, he was with Juancho Hernan Gomez. Yeah, it's not going to happen in Denver. Um, I still think it can happen in the NBA. I don't yeah. know if it will. But he – look, when your reputation is a sharpshooter and you're one for 20 in your last 20, which like is like a, a, over a month. Yeah, and that's a kind sample site. Like, we can really stretch it back and it gets even worse. I'm, it, and Worse than not, 5%. <laughs> I mean, it's really just more like scale and volume. Like, it doesn't really get any better. Yeah. and yeah. Like, It goes up to like 13%. Right. Quadruple the sample exactly, size. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And Great. It's not like Wancho is, is making plays off the dribble or defending or, or eating up the glass. So, yeah, it, it doesn't look like it's working out. And I think we know now if he's not dealt by the deadline when this team is healthy, he's probably out of the – he's definitely out of the rotation. So sad. sad. It is sad. He's a he's oh, a Wancho. he's a fan favorite man. Like if he you rem- we'll talk about the Jokic era and the real ones will throw out Wancho's name. Yes. You know? yes. Well, the Nuggets take on the Jazz tomorrow. The Nuggets are sitting at thirty two and fifteen, and the Jazz are sitting at thirty two and fourteen. Hmm. How an do you game. think they're gonna do? I do you think, think they'll step up for it. Um. Yes, I think the effort will be better. I like Utah tomorrow night because of the injuries. Because Utah's hot too. Um. And I, I just think they're playing well. So, yeah, that's true. Um, and so, I don't know. I mean, I think it's kind of a pick em, but because of the injuries, I lead towards Utah. And I'm I'm worried now about Denver's seeding. I do think it's so tight in that top four. This is such a tough stretch of schedule. Really the worst time to lose these guys. Yeah, and they're not getting any of them back tomorrow. No. As we already know. So And, and Jokic kind of seemed – he kept playing the rest of the game, but yesterday he – did have trainers take a look at his knee. Yeah, he banged knees right off the bat with someone. I think he's okay, but I wonder if they look to get some folks some rest 
and Friday in Milwaukee. It's a very mm-hmm. quick turnaround. You're almost certainly going to lose that game. But then Are they it, both on the road? Uh, no. No, tomorrow's oh, okay. at home. But it's brutal. I mean, it's a yeah, late you, game. You tell Milwaukee you is, to get. So That's a scheduled loss if there ever is one. That's yeah. messed up, man. But the thing about resting guys, too, is you're in a spot right now where, gosh, Who's you playing need every, center and you, if, you rest if you're resting guys. And you need every game, every yeah, half game. Jared so. Vanderbilt. Yeah. True. Go do it. I'll tell you, some folks were upset with Mason Plumlee this season. I think you're seeing now, like, wouldn't you love to have Mason Plumlee back? Among other people, no. but mm. no, he was my answer to the yes. irrational. <laughs> We're putting like, out a video series soon that you guys will have a chance to see. I've never, I, I can't stand him. But I'm glad you used the word irrational. I, oh, oh yeah, he, without a doubt. Like it, there's no rhyme or reason to it. I just he walks onto the court and I'm like, Ugh. he has loud misses too. <laughs> like his poor decisions are just so tough to watch. They're just like, why yeah. did you shoot? That's that? my. Thi- that's my. O- I oh. like him a lot actually. I hated him at first. <laughs> I like him now. I, the one thing I asked of him is I'm just like, I wish you just knew who you were. I know. Like, just catch lobs, man. I know. <laughs> it's cool. But the thing is, like, he had a really sneaky good month before he got hurt. He yep. was playing well. And yeah. backup, you know, it's really easy to have a scrub at the backup center. Mason is not one. All right. Well, we will so be having. not paid like one. <laughs> Give <laughs> us bobo. We will be having a watch party Please. tomorrow at Stoney's Uptown. Like I mentioned, it is a home game, but the watch party starts at 5. So if you don't have tickets to the game or you want to head here before the game, it'll be a great pregame spot. You'll get to try the Mile High City Lager, and we will be selling um, limited edition Nuggets Breck Brew shirts, and they're so cool. So definitely try and stop by for that. Also, oh. also we're giving away tickets to a future oh, game yes. and Raffles. some swag. Yes. Make so. sure you RSVP. You can do that on our events calendar on the website or check out our Twitter. It's it's all over the, the page. Look at us, guys. <laughs> Such teamwork right there. <clears throat> um, it's a plug. AJ, what up? it literally feels like it's been 25 years since the Avs were yeah, on the ice. It really does. <laughs> I miss that franchise. I miss it so much. I'm good. The Avs and the Colorado <laughs> Rockies hockey team. I'm... I'm dreading what comes next oh, why ryan ryan saw because someone on the team yet. to oh. work this is exhausting oh, because just... they play 33 games and i think it was 61 days when i went and looked at it on the calendar mm-hmm. uh they uh starting on saturday they only have two days off in a row two times and oh, wow. one of those is on sunday and monday but that <laughs> means we get hockey you like that we that part hockey. of it is, <laughs> that part of it is great aj's but got like, it right like going to the games and like traveling every single day and then, you know, like practice and it's every single day for two straight months. It's literally it's a sprint to the finish line and it's totally unnecessary because they give these teams all, and I've been railing on this on our pod all year that they give these teams like three, four days off in October and November. There's just no rhyme or reason for yeah, it. Yeah, it definitely doesn't make And sense. it's really just the league being afraid of competing with football. And that's mm. why they mm. jam-pack the second half of the schedule. Uh, and they're just like, oh, well, hockey's on every night. Now all these football fans will have to love us. And it's like, that's not going to happen. Right, right. Like, it's naive. And you're and not really competing with football in the first place. It's just too – I mean, you are a little bit, but, like, it's two very different uh, demographics. <laughs> yes. That's the I've already said this on my <laughs> yes. podcast. But if yes, you it is. were watching the live, you got to see AJ's like, face you're there. You're not <laughs> competing with them no matter how you try and turn yourself into a pretzel. Like you're not competing with them. And it's stupid. And now the players the players are dreading it. Like yeah. they know. Like, yes, there's a certain rhythm that you get into, but if you also go on a losing streak, you never get away from it. You never get away from the rink. Is the easiest time in this in the season. 
to, to go on some sort of a negative skid. Now, the Avs have an advantage. One, they're, they're really good. And two, they have the easiest schedule in the league in the second half. They've only played the bottom half, the like the bottom six teams in the NHL. They've only played like four games against them. Mm. And they've so, only lost one. So they get a whole lot of cleaning up to do against the, the, the dregs of the NHL. So the Avs take on the Flyers on Saturday. How do you think they'll do there? Uh, I am like the world's biggest believer in the Flyers for some insane reason. I pick them to win their division every year. Um, the day, the game they had in Denver was really good, mm-hmm. but uh, the Flyers did not have Travis Konechny, who's their highest scorer. Uh, he will be playing on Saturday, mm-hmm. so I expect it to be really good. They are uniquely built to cause Colorado problems because they have a number one center who is excellent both offensively and defensively and can erase McKinnon. So... Uh, that's a tough matchup for them. But Philly's goaltending is always an adventure, so, you know. The Avs going to be almost entirely healthy at this point? Uh, yeah, Donskoy's healthy. Um, we get back to practice tomorrow. They already said he was a regular participant in practice before the break and said he would play after. Fully expect he will play Saturday. The real question is, is who gets the healthy scratch? Mm. Do, do, do they finally pull the trigger and sit Tyson Jost? Mm, did, wow! Did the break come at a good time for the Avs? Like w- yeah. with where they were at the season? Sure, <clears throat> like it was fine. It was a fine time. Um, there have been previous years where they've had injury issues, and it was like a godsend mm. for them. Yeah, not really the case this year. They weren't. They weren't on a super hot streak right, or a super right. cold streak. It was okay. like they were kind of where you expect them to be. I, I know you may not know the answer to this, but is Colin Wilson coming back? Like. Is there anything on him? It, is we he alive around, and well at least? I mean, Do we, we see him around? We're the just rink. concerned for his well-being at this <laughs> point. Yeah, we see him around the rink, and it's so weird because like Evan will see him, and he'll have like a cane, and somebody else will tweet out a picture of him, and he's got a boot on, and then I saw him, and he had none of that, and so it's just like. <laughs> What's going on here? He had some sort of a major surgery on some sort of mysterious injury that he suffered randomly during practice one day. Nobody knows. He's out indefinitely. He's not really part of the conversation. If he becomes part of the conversation, that's a minor win for the Avs, yeah. I guess. Sure. Neat. It, that's just, this is like one of the, I don't know, hockey's I, well, just I, so I, weird with the injuries. It's just point? such a crazy. Yeah thing that like we know nothing like literally well, and the Avs used to him. be really good about this they used to be when i started covering them under wah like back in my day it was like like my first year covering the team you know they a guy got hurt and it was like oh he has a fractured knee and he'll be out six weeks oh he has a you know he pulled his hamstring and he'll be out two weeks under jared bedner they're like no i haven't talked to the trainer he's day to day we'll see how it goes and then six weeks three months into the injury (laughs) and you're like actually haven't caught up with the trainer in a while and you're like okay so what's going on you're like well he's still day to day and you're like day to date that's not what that means dude (laughs) day to day means on any given day he could be fine not on any given day there's a miracle cure (laughs) and he wakes up with a new body it's like, legit turned year to year at this it's point. It's so frustrating because the only time that he'll be like, oh, a guy's out is like Kamenev the last couple of years where they're like, oh, he's out indefinitely. And they'll just say out indefinitely. We don't really know, but he's out for a long time. And then it's just like out of sight, out of mind. The abs with their injuries, it's just it's gotten so weird. 
Like, there's some, like, major competitive advantage, and there's just not. Nope. There are teams like the Flyers. Great example. Guy gets hurt, team tweets it out, and it's like, oh, wow, imagine that. Like, they tweet out the injury, <laughs> and when that guy comes back from injury, seven dudes are not, like, targeting that injury. Yo, They're, like, it's 2020. They're not surprised by the next guy on the depth chart. You right. know what I mean? Like, like it's, it's so, like, I get why he stopped being so forthcoming about which goaltender was starting on any given day. Okay, I don't think it's a huge deal, but I can at least understand from a competitive standpoint being like, "Man, we're not going to we're not going to show you what cards I have." And it's just like, "Okay, cool." Malone does that too. Malone just straight up lies. Yeah, I'm not thinking about any changes tonight, and then he just starts someone else. You're like, "Dude, what is the point?" <laughs> it's <laughs> What's the point? Yeah, it's like the when the Broncos waited all week to announce that Drew Locke was starting. It's like and everybody everyone knew. knows everyone he's knows. starting, man. Or, everybody knew. I had somebody like text me three days before the announcement and was like, Drew Locke is definitely starting. And I was like, cool. Yeah. Or this reminds me even of John Elway being like, I don't know. Will he be the star? I guess he's our only option right now to be the starter next year. It's like, uh, don't get me started on that. Why? <laughs> why can't you just say, yes, he it's, is. It, their handling of it is just it's for and it's like now trickled down to the to the Eagles in the AHL. So mm. like Connor Connor Timmons has a lower body injury and they're like, oh, he'll be out day to day. Five weeks pass and he randomly shows back up in the lineup and they're like, oh yeah, it's all good now. See day to day. It was day to day. Like that's <laughs> not what day to day means. Give us at least week to week. Right. Oh. And like, that give us give us like some sort of an honest assessment and it's like ultimately. It's not a big deal, but it is what it is. The way you have to approach that is they call everyone day-to-day. -day. That means you have the right to ask them every day if they're going to be back that day. <laughs> See, I don't have to do that because that's what Dater does. <laughs> like, he will ask, and it's so funny to me because, like, I, I have, like, this bet in my head going, like, how many questions in until Dater asks about injuries? And it's usually, like, one or two. And he'll be like, Colin Wilson, huh? So, Jared. Oh... <laughs> uh, about uh, when do you think we might see this guy come back? And you're like, he's like, I don't know, maybe. Day to day. <laughs> Who knows? Jared does the same well, thing. That's, and if I was like, dater, I'd respond, cool, I'll ask you tomorrow. Yep. And, <laughs> and like, they like go through this like accidental comedy routine where you're just like, huh, this is, this is great. That's funny. Yeah, like that's the way I think of it is day to day means we're going to ask about this every day. Week to week means we'll ask you on Monday of next week. Right. Like that's how I, well, and it's like you know that he's going to be out for like five games. Just be like, eh, you know, one to two weeks. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. And then we'll leave you alone about it. And then, like, <laughs> we'll know. Yeah. And instead, it's like, well, day to day. And every day, like, you show up and you're like, oh, what's going on with the lineup today? Is he in a non-contact jersey? Is he in a regular jersey? Like, and this is the stuff you talk about when they don't play for 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, after you drink all your Breck brews, you got to take care of your teeth. And guess what? We can help with that. <laughs> Interesting our, transition. Our friends That's at true, I think. Green Mountain Dental Group. So many hockey options. Yeah, I was gonna say. To and if you got injured in hockey, you might need to go to Green Mountain Dental. All right. Well, our our subscribers have said they want a competition on who can transition the best. So maybe we will do that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. No one else said anything. Thanks. Our friends sure. at Green Mountain Dental Group are giving away a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam. That's right. You simply just have to take care of your teeth and Green Mountain Dental Group will head over. We'll hand over a free Sonicare. Check them out today or call them 303-988-0711 to schedule your appointment today. Yes, AJ? The wording just makes it. They will hand it over like you're like holding them up. <laughs> 
Like it's a bank robber. Like give me the damn Sonicare. Here is the toothbrush. Um, all right. Well, our last topic of the day is who won the week. Who did the most and who did the least? Who was the dog and who was the beast? Who's in the boat and who's up a creek? Let's see. Who won the week? I'll pull out my timer, even though I don't think we're we not going to need it. Yeah. Irrelevant on this one for once. All right. I know Drew. I'm going to say Drew is going to vote for Larry Walker to win the week. Ryan? Larry Walker. AJ? Larry Walker. Brendan? Larry Walker. That's it. It's going to be Larry Walker. He deserves it. Larry Walker. He deserves it. There's no question. Nothing else matters. No competition. Congrats to Larry Walker for making it into the Baseball Hall of Fame. And that that was, I think, the easiest who won the week that we will ever do. Yeah, there's no point messing around here. (laughs) (laughs) If you want me to tell you that um, um, Pat Shermer won the week because he got his guy in Mike Shula. Mike Mike Shula because he's not unemployed. Yeah, you punch me if I ever say that. (laughs) So there we go. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up this podcast. We are doing the Goaties live at 6 30 if you're listening to the podcast you can go back and watch the live Come hang out um later on it'll still be on periscope uh-huh. so just go to our account and we're going to be announcing the winners to the dnvr awards it's going to be a blast so that's all i've got for you and we'll see you guys next week